So, welcome, Reboot 2019. So, uh, this started out of our computer culture, and I remember my very first computer was an Amstrad 6128. It was about that big, and you could put in a, a, a compact disc that had 64 kilobytes of information on it, and that combined with the onboard uh, chip could do 128 Ks. And like your worst phone you could buy now. In fact, you're probably the thing that opens up your car's got more memory than that thing had. And we used to run our church on it. We used to do our newsletters. I used to do my graphic art on it. Used to run our partial care program. But I tell you what, it was very frustrating. Very frustrating. And continuous stationary means if you made a mistake, it would just continue and continue and continue. But it's entered now into our urban language, the whole idea of rebooting. Because every once in a while, your phone, your handheld device, your computer will suddenly freeze or not do what you're wanting to do. And you ring up the very expensive IT support guy and what he will tell you to do is... Turn it off and turn it on. Is that right, Tristan? <laughs> Have you tried turning off? Because what that does is it reboots the system. So often what's happening is the hardware is okay, but what's messing things up is the software, the instructions by which you are running whatever application you want. Now, human beings have this hardware, you know, you'd have a body like mine through sheer neglect. <laughs> the hardware. We all have our hardware, don't we? For better, for worse, it's the only hardware you've got. So look after it. But the things that really distress us, mess us up, wrecks our life, isn't the hardware usually. It's normally the software. It's the programs that we are running in our mind in our heart, and some of that malware, some of that uh, uh, stuff that we run is incredibly bad. I mean, it's taken me years and years and years to get away from a default program that says I'm a failure and I'm useless and that I'm worthless. It's taken me years to get away from that default program that quickly runs through my mind. Uh, So I want to talk to you about doing a reboot for 2019. Is that okay? What a great opportunity. Next slide, thank you. So over the next few weeks, I'm going to just give you some very simple tools. But if you like, I'm going to call them power tools, power keys, that could really help your life. The Bible's a very big book, and sometimes we get lost, but I've just picked out one scripture that might actually just help you. And there it is on the screen, Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10. So it's actually very easy to remember, isn't it? Turn to your neighbor and say, Eccles 10.10. And what does it say? It says, using a dull axe requires great strength. So sharpen the blade. (laughs) Now, this is a Hebrew parallelism. The Hebrews would use one idea to describe another idea. And so whilst these ideas may look as different, Actually, it's the same idea. The second part of it says, that's the value of wisdom. Say wisdom. Wisdom. Say wisdom. 
wisdom. It's the dominion of where wise thinking takes place. So that's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. Who would like to succeed in 2019? Yeah. Well, there's a great way to succeed, and that's to have some wisdom. And the way that we'd put this today in the popular language would be live smarter, not harder. Some of us are working really hard, aren't we? We're working hard on our health, working hard on our life and on our habits. We could be working really hard. Well, here's what the Bible says. Sometimes it's best to take a little bit of time out just to sharpen the edge of your life, just to find that breakthrough point, sharpen that, because that's wisdom that gives you the breakthrough. Now, who knows what it's like to use an axe in this house? Who doesn't, who's never used an axe? I fear there would be some young people that have never used an axe. And again, my wife has never used an axe. <laughs> my wife will dig ditches, she will work hard, she'll do fencing, but in her mind, chopping wood is men's work. <laughs> Who agrees with that sexist comment? <laughs> Uh, let's say this uh, text together. Using a dull axe requires great strength. So sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. Thank you. Next slide. So when the blue screen of desk, uh, death comes up or your program fees, what you actually have to do generally to reboot is to press three keys simultaneously. In the Windows world, now, there is this theory, and I don't really want to get into debate right now, but Apple is of the devil because it keeps on having its own. And if you look at the symbol of Apple, it is actually an apple with the, the bite out of it, which is a clue right back to the Garden of Eden, isn't it? So there you go. So th- this, this sermon works in a Windows world but it doesn't work so well in an Apple world because the keys that you do in the Apple world is it's command, you know, you get an instruction and it's options and then escape. <laughs> to me, that's the recipe for failure. Command, consider your options and then escape. But in the Windows world, anyway, control, delete, alter, you push them together and you reboot. Next slide, thank you. So I want you to just think about your life. Oh, sorry. <laughs> think about where you are on your journey, how, where you are. Look back a little bit, reflect, because if you don't reflect, you can't change. If you don't learn from your history, you will only will repeat your history. So we are meant to learn from our history. Again, little story. It's one I've told you probably before, but I'm sorry. We grew up in the country. My father was a school teacher and he chased promotion. And by doing that, you had to move to a little country town to another little country town. I'm about six years old and we've gone to Perth for the very first time. The big smoke, the big sticks. So this for a little kid from the country is an amazing experience. I mean, cement sidewalks, you know, that's, that's, that's fascinating. We don't get that in the country, you know. So, and there's all these things and these shops and we're walking down the street. 
Mum has me in her right arm and my sister in her left arm. And uh, I'm walking along, looking at everything, and I walk, bang, straight into a parking meter. Bang! Now, some of you may not even know what a parking meter is. But in the old days, instead of having one machine, every car bar used to have a pole with a little clock thing on it that used to put money in it. That would be your parking meter. So I walk into this thing, not seeing it because I've been looking at everything else. So then, mum keeps walking, but I turn around to see what I walked into. By the time I walk, turn around again, I walk, bang, into the next one. <laughs> Apparently, I hit about four or five parking meters before I realized my parking meter. You're meant to look back on your past in order to learn, to learn, to learn that all things work together for your good when you let God do it. So what can you take control of in your life? And here's the big, here's my really big thought on this. It's so important that you do not seek to exercise any control over the things that you can't control. That's worry. That's frustration. That's a loss of time and energy. And there's a lot about your life you can't control. Jesus said, do not worry. Who of you can actually add an inch to your height by worry. Can anybody do that? So what Jesus is saying is, don't give your energy to the things you can't change. And there's a lot in our life we can't change. But there are some things in your life you can change. And that's where we should put our focus, into the things where your choice can make a difference to the future. And again, you can affect your future. Um, A young man went into this uh, place because he wanted to plant some trees. And he goes into, what what do you call them, a garden centre or something like that, and says, says, I want to buy a tree, nursery. And the guy says, well, there you go. Over there, there are some packets. Or over in that other section, there are these seedlings. He says, no, I want to buy a tree. And I want to buy one of those big jarrah things, you know, I want the shade and all the rest. He says, no, we only sell seeds. We only sell seedlings. And that's what God does for most things that we want in life. Who, who wants to see a breakthrough, a miracle in your life? God gives you the seed of faith. Yeah? The seed of faith. He doesn't give you the full-grown fruit of tree. He gives you a seed. Hallelujah. A seed of faith, and when you plant that seed, over time it becomes the tree. So take control over that which you can take control over and give up trying to control the things you cannot control. I figured out, shh, don't tell anyone, I can't control my wife. Shh, don't tell her. But I can love her, and I can be patient, and I can be kind, and I can allow God to work on my life, but I can't control it. So I can control what happens in here. Sometimes I can't control what happens out there. You can't always control what's happening around you, but you can always control what's happening in you. Anyway, so that's your control. Next one, thank you, is alter. 
you're going to have to say, what do I need to change in order for there to be change? What's the definition of insanity? Is to keep doing the same things over and over again and expect a different result. If you want to have change, then change comes about by changing something. The Bible says that faith is made complete, James chapter 2, by the action accompanied with your faith. If you've got faith for a new job, well, you still have to do something to get your new job. There's no such thing as faith without action. You know, if it's a health issue, well, maybe you've got to take that first step and reduce your sugar. Or if you want, uh, uh, you know, whatever it is, you've got to do what you've got to do in order to allow God to do what he can do. You know, I do what I can do and let God do the rest. But God won't do it without me doing my bit. So you've got to change. If nothing changes, nothing changes. If nothing changes, nothing changes. If you are absolutely happy with where your life is today and 2018 was brilliant, then don't do anything. But if you'd like to see a levelling up, a bit more peace in your life, a bit more prosperity bit more joy, you know, whatever you want to do, then what can you alter to actually achieve that? It's just the power of it. Just the power of it. Do something. And the next one. Delete. I thought, I don't know if I should put that slide up there because it could be just a little bit offensive. So forgive me if I've offended you. But can I say to you, stop doing dumb stuff. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. You know, know, sadly, you know, my sister, my youngest sister is about 45 years of age. She almost died over the last week or two because of uh, uh, chronic issues associated with a lifetime of drinking alcohol and uh, smoking. So she's got emphysema. Uh, her lungs are very bad and her uh, she's now morbidly obese she's got fluid retention she's suffering heart failure she almost didn't make the weekend and the problem is she's been smoking and drinking for 20, 25, 30 years well if there is to be a recovery from my dear sister her name's Jenny I'm praying for Jenny What does she need to do? She needs to stop it, doesn't she? Now, I get it. It can be hard. I can get it. It can be difficult. But I want to tell you, millions of people do it all the time. Millions of people. You know, I've heard people say to me, I can't give up smoking because it's so hard. But yet, millions of people have given up smoking. But if we buy into the lie, if we buy into the fact it's too hard, if we buy into the excuse then we are in trouble. I appreciate Michael Philp just dropping something in which I thought was very powerful. In Genesis chapter 3, when God came looking for Adam after they've eaten the forbidden fruit, he calls out for Adam, doesn't he? Adam, where are you? He doesn't call out for the snake, doesn't call out for the nahash, doesn't call out for the sermon. He calls out to the man. Why? Because the man was left in in charge. He was the responsible one. 
Well, what the man does is the moment God calls Adam out, he says it's the wife's fault, it's Eve's fault. And in doing so, look what happens. He not only blames his wife, but he transfers responsibility to his wife. He abdicates his God-given role by shifting the blame and the responsibility onto Eve. But what does Eve do? She does the same thing. She says, I'm not responsible, so I'm going to make the, the devil responsible. It's his fault. And by blame, it's then actually then transferred to... So who now is running the earth? Who's now in control? Satan is. Because God gave the authority to Adam. Adam gave the authority to Eve. And Eve gave the authority to the serpent. And here's, here, here's the thing. The moment you blame or excuse, you're actually committing blasphemy. The word blame and the word blasphemy are cognate words. They're built on the same word. Because the moment you blame someone, you're actually saying, God, you're useless. You can't help me. You're not enough. You know, you're actually saying, you know, I, I, other things are more important than you, that you're not number one. Really important, really important that we take responsibility for what we can change. Uh, patience to accept the things that we can't change and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. So I've got a, a favourite uh, video of mine, and you've seen it before, but I just think this is gold. Thanks, guys. Uh, Dr. Switzer? Uh, yes, C- come in. I'm just, just washing my hands. Uh, I'm Catherine Bigman. Janet Carlisle referred me. Oh, yes. Still uh, being uh, buried alive in a box. Yes, yes, that's me. <laughs> Should I lay down? Oh, no, 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 we don't, we don't do that anymore. Just, just have a seat. And uh, <laughs> let, let me uh, tell you a, a bit about our, our billing. I, um, I charge $5 for the, for the first five minutes. And, and then absolutely nothing after that. How, how, how does that sound? <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> Too good to be true, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, I can I can almost guarantee you that that our session won't last the full uh, the full five minutes. Now, um, <laughs> we don't do any insurance billing, so you would either have to pay in in cash or by check. <clears throat> wow. Okay. And uh, and I I don't make change. <laughs> All right. (laughs) Go. (laughs) Go. Well, tell me, tell me about the problem that you wish to address. Oh, okay. Uh, Well, I have this fear of being buried alive in a box. (laughs) I just, I start thinking about being buried alive, and I begin to panic. Has, has has anyone ever ever tried to to bury you alive in a box? No, no. But truly, thinking about it does make my life horrible. I mean, I can't go through tunnels or be in an elevator or in a house, anything boxy. So what what you're saying is you're you're claustrophobic. Uh, yes, yes, that's it. All right. Well, uh, let's go, Catherine. I'm. Uh, 
I'm going to uh, say two words to you right now. I, I want you to listen to them very, very carefully. Then I want you to take them out of the office with you and incorporate them in, into your life. Well, shall I uh, write them down? Well, it, if it makes you comfortable, it's just two words. Most, we find most people can, uh, can remember them. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. Okay, you're there. Stop it! <laughs> I'm sorry? Stop it! Stop it? Yes, S-T-O-P, new word, I-T. So, what are you saying? <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I, I, I say two simple words, and I cannot tell you the amount of people who say exactly the same thing you're saying. I mean, this, you know, this is not Yiddish, Catherine. This is English. Stop it. So I should just stop it. There you go. I mean, you, you, you don't want to go through life being scared of being buried alive in a box, do you? I mean, that sounds, sounds frightening. <laughs> yes. Then stop it. I, I can't. I mean, it's been with me no, since no, childhood. No, no, no. No, we, 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 we don't go there. Just, just stop it. <laughs> So I should just stop being afraid of being buried alive in a box. You got it. Good go. Well, it's only been it's only been three minutes, so that will be um, uh, three dollars. Well, I, I only have a five, so. Well, I I don't I don't make change. Then I I guess I'll take the full five minutes. Fine. All right. Well, what other uh, problems would you would you like to address? <clears throat> uh, I'm bulimic. I stick my fingers down my throat. Stop it! <laughs> Not of some kind. Don't don't do that. But I'm I'm compelled to. My mom used to call me. No fatty. no no no. No, we we don't go there. But I've been having this dream. No, we don't go there either. But my horoscope did say... We definitely don't go there. Just, just stop it. But what, what else? Well, I have self-destructive relationships with men. Stop it! You, you want to be with a man, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yes. Well, then stop it. Don't be such a big baby. I wash my hands a lot. That's all right. It is? I, I wash my hands all the time. There's a lot of germs on it. Uh -huh. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't worry about that one. I'm afraid to drive. Well, stop it! How, how are you going to get around? Get in the car and drive, you, you kook! Stop it! You stop it! You stop it! What's, what's the problem, Kathy? I don't like this. I don't like this therapy at all. You're just telling me to stop it. And and you and you don't you don't like that. No, I don't. So you think we're we're moving too fast, is that it? Yes. Yes, I do. All right, then let me uh, let me uh, give you 10 words that I I think will uh, clear everything up for you. Uh, you want you want to get a pad and a pencil for this one? Right. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. All right, here are the ten words. Stop it or I'll bury you alive in a box! 
Some of us just need to uh, stop doing stuff. Uh, that's what my dear sister will need to do. She'll need to stop drinking, stop smoking, start exercising, and she may live. She may not die young. So she's reaching forward to God, but who knows God's not going to supernaturally take 50 kilos off her body. It's not going to supernaturally necessarily deliver of alcohol. I mean, I pray that that happens. I know it's happened on occasionally, but I know lots of people got to go to rehab and actually do it the hard way. Who knows that, you know, she needs to stop smoking. You know, smoking will cost a... Uh, someone in Australia, about $14,000 a year now to smoke. I mean, that is just big money, isn't it? Big money. So, you know, what, do you, what can you do this year to reboot? To just say, I don't have to do what I did yesterday because if I did what I did yesterday, then I can tell you that tomorrow is going to be the same as today. But what you can do is say, I can reboot can push the reset button, reload all the software, start believing what God tells me. The word of God actually uses the word fool uh, twice as often as it uses the word bless. It's about 251 times the Bible uses the word fool or its derivatives, and the word bless is about half that amount. Who would like to be blessed? Well, part of the deal is you've got to stop being foolish, doing the stuff that hurts you that hurts others, that harms you. That's a part of it. Okay, last slide. Thank you. One of my favourite texts. Let us therefore, this is a great summary of what Jesus has done for us, let us therefore come, how do we come to God? Boldly, not timidly. You've got to come and you've got to come how? Boldly to the throne of grace. I love that. Isn't that amazing? I tell you, you'll either go to God's throne to find it be a God, a, a throne of judgment. That's if you've not accepted Jesus Christ. That if you've not been obedient, it will be a, then a throne of judgment. But to those who love Him, who know Him, they've been born again, then it's a throne of grace. Doesn't matter who you are, if you're His child, you're a member of the family, if you go to God, what are you going to get? If you go to God, what are you going to get? If you go to God, what are you going to get? You know, the closer you get to God, the less chance there is for something to get in between. Yeah? The closer you get to God, then the less chance there is something to get in the way. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. And what are we going to find at that throne of grace? Mercy and grace in our time of need. What an amazing promise. Can I have the band up, please? And uh, uh, we're going to sing You've Made Me Glad. Going to let you go home a little bit earlier today, maybe. Let's just pray. Father, human beings are not computers, uh, but Lord, in you we have this wonderful opportunity that every day can be a brand new day in Christ Jesus. And uh, the beginning of that passage in Hebrews 4 talks about, you know, today is the day of entering his rest. Today is the day of blessing. If we will not harden our hearts, but respond and listen 
and believe what we've heard today is a day of grace. It's a day of unmerited favor. It's a day of blessing. It's a day of mercy. It's a day when you can pour out the strength and the wisdom that we need to reboot 2019. Lord, we can just stay on that axe and keep on being strong and getting blisters and getting the sweat and being frustrated, or we can absolutely just sharpen the edge, stir a little bit of wisdom into our life and have, Lord, the most amazing year in you. So, Lord, we do pray you'd help each of us, every one of us, Lord, to reboot for 2019. Let the old go and the new come. With the Apostle Paul, we say the one thing that we would do, dear Lord, is that we forget that which lies behind. And Lord, we would strain and reach forward to the calling that we have in Christ Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. He hath made me glad. Amen. Elevate the legs, please. (laughs) Hallelujah.